Hey guys, it's your girl Booney, and you're listening to episode 38 of the Booney Breakdown Podcast. The podcast where we sometimes cry, we always laugh, we might get a bit ratchet, but we're forever going to break it down. This week, my guest is Marissa Moore, who is a registered dietitian nutritionist. Uh, I ask her some good questions, and we have a great conversation about wellness and nutrition. And she has an amazing resume, guys. She is a trusted food and nutrition expert, and she's appeared regularly in many national media outlets. She's a contributing editor for the Food and Nutrition magazine, and she's been featured in a lot of popular news outlets or media outlets. So she's been on CNN and on In Essence magazine and Shape magazine, and she's been featured in the Washington Post and USA Today so I hope that you guys learn a lot from this episode, especially with the holidays coming up and how we can stay on track and eating the best that we can while enjoying uh, the holiday season. And also as we begin to make our plans for 2018. So uh, that conversation is coming up in a bit. But first, it's time for Booney's Pick of the Week. And uh, my pick this week is, I'm going to do a little self-promotion here. Um, I'm picking myself. (laughs) No, I'm joking. But uh, this episode is coming out on Monday, November 20th. And on the following day, on Tuesday, November 21st, I will be releasing on the booneybreakdown.com uh, Boonie's Black Friday shopping guide. And this shopping guide, I released it last year for the first time. I'm bringing it back again this year. And it's going to highlight some really, really great Black-owned retailers. Uh, Mostly are online, but some of them will be local deals to the Baltimore, Washington, D.C. area. A lot of the brands featured in the guide this year have shared with us their Black Friday codes early, so you can get that discount early. Yay. Or if not, they've created a special code for all Boonie Breakdown readers and listeners so be sure on Tuesday, November 21st to head on over uh, to thebooniebreakdown.com to download that guide. I'm telling you, it's some really, really good stuff in there. Some stuff that I've used personally, some stuff that I will be buying uh, because I'm looking forward to trying it out for the first time or wearing it for the first time, whatever it may be, gifting it to someone really amazing this holiday season. So guys, be on the lookout for that. Um I would put a link in the show notes, but there is no link to put just yet. But if you follow us, and this leads us right into our housekeeping for the week. Uh, If you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, you will be sure to get the link uh, to the shopping guide. And you can just stay connected with everything that I'm doing that is not on the podcast. So yes, on Instagram and Facebook, The Boonie Breakdown, on Twitter, Boonie breakdown. I know I said last week I was going to change it and I haven't. So I'm going to add that to the to-do list right now. And I love it. Keep sharing the episodes, the retweets, uh, when you put it in your Instagram stories, if you Snapchat it, uh, the more you get the word out, the more it, you know, it just helps me out so much because we know we always love word of mouth referrals way more than, you know, seeing a sponsored ad. So when you guys help me do the work in spreading the word of The Boonie Breakdown, it goes so far. Remember, you can use the hashtags The Boonie Breakdown or the hashtag PodIn, P-O-D-I-N, when you're sharing it on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, Also, some really good news. I have been trying to help out as I, I, this is my constant quest, 
And I know I am partial to the Apple Podcast app because that is the app that's on my phone. That's the app I use. I don't seek out to listen to podcasts any other way. But I know so many of you use other apps, uh, CastBox, Pocket Cast, so many of them. So thank you for listening to The Boonie Breakdown there. And for those of you who are on Stitcher, I'm happy to announce that The Boonie Breakdown is now available on Stitcher. So if that is your podcast uh, app of choice, you can get The Boonie Breakdown on there now. No need to find it on other avenues. So that is it for me right now, guys. Uh, Let's get into this interview with Marissa Moore. So let's get ready to break it down. Okay, guys, we're here for episode 38 of the Boonie Breakdown podcast, and you've already heard me read this amazing bio for Marissa Moore. So I want to take a chance to welcome her to the Boonie Breakdown. So hi, Marissa. Hi, Adrian. So I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for the invitation. I am so happy you're here as well. And I just feel like this is like the perfect time to have this discussion about nutrition and food right before the holidays and before people start their New Year's resolutions. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can get those like good tips to start off 2018 on the right foot. Yeah, I get so many questions this time of year and it's leading into our busy season. Nobody wants to talk to me for about two weeks before um, the new year. But then after that, it's a deluge of questions. <laughs> I can only imagine. So can you just give us a little quick background of like how you became a registered dietitian? Yeah, so I actually started out. Um, if I go all the way back to high school, people told me I was good at math and science and they're like, oh, you should just be an engineer. So I'm like, sure, I'll do that. (laughs) I like chemistry. So, oh, well, why don't I be a chemical engineer? Went to Georgia Tech. I'm I'm from South Carolina, but came down to Atlanta to go to Georgia Tech and hated everything about engineering. (laughs) Um, I love (laughs) math and science, but I just didn't like the whole idea of being an engineer and spending the rest of my working years doing that. But at the same time, I always liked to cook. I loved food (laughs) and I liked science. And so one of my advisors at Georgia Tech actually said, hey, would you ever consider being a dietitian? I'm like, oh, well, what's that? I'd never heard of a registered dietitian before. And he's like, well, you know, you'd be able to take all of your organic chemistries and all that stuff and you'd be able to apply it to this program and become a registered dietitian. And I'm like, oh, well, that's what I need to do. So I did that um, and completely changed the course of my career. And it was the best decision I ever made. Um, from there, you know, I went through the program, did my internship, got certified, passed the boards and everything. And then I worked as an outpatient dietitian in a hospital, mostly working with heart health and diabetes patients. I worked at um, as a corporate dietitian for a restaurant and then for a restaurant chain. And then I worked at CDC for a while, um, managing like their employee wellness program. So I worked with a team and trying to, and our goal was to keep CDC employees healthy. So it was a great job. I loved it. I've actually enjoyed all of my jobs, but I needed um, some flexibility. (laughs) So I, for the last five years, I've been completely on my own and focusing a lot more on the science of food, functional nutrition, and media and communications work. So that's um, sort of my career in a nutshell. Um, I've had some great opportunities to just be able to spread good health and nutrition far and wide. 
awesome. I can totally relate because I thought at one point I wanted to be an engineer as well um, because I love science and math. (laughs) And um, yeah, I am not an engineer. So (laughs) I know, but you know, when you're in high school and someone says, Hey, that's a good idea. You don't, I mean, for me, I didn't know. And, um, but I quickly realized it and I'm, and I'm happy that I made the change when I did. Agreed. And so a very simple question that I myself do not know the answer to, and I'm sure others don't as well. Is there a difference between a nutritionist and a dietitian? Because I feel like sometimes it's interchanged. You see some people say they're a registered nutritionist and some people are like yourself or a registered dietitian. Mm -hmm. So is there a difference? Yes. So I'm glad you asked that question. So to be a registered dietitian, um, you have to actually pass a national exam and you have to have uh, a science degree. So my undergraduate degree is in um, nutrition science. And so I had to go through and get a bachelor's degree to be able to do an internship to sit for the registered dietitian credential. And that's the, that's the path that you have to take. The other side, um, and before I even say this part, what makes it a little bit complicated is my actual credential is registered dietitian nutritionist. Okay. (laughs) So it includes both. But what I was okay. going to say, if you're, if you have a person who's just a nutritionist, if they call themselves a nutritionist, that doesn't guarantee that they're also credentialed, or oh. that they've gone through any schooling at all, um, because nutritionist is not a um, protected term. So literally, you could wake up tomorrow and say, "I'm a nutritionist." <laughs> so you could literally just go on Google. Oh yeah. And just say and just make it up because I've often wondered this when I was looking um, one time, I noticed like I'm typing a nutritionist and I noticed a lot of nutritionists didn't take insurance, health insurance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, why is that? I noticed more when you notice dietitians, some of them more likely were to take insurance. Well, I, I did not know that. You'll you see, that's just, a I good. Be a nutritionist. Yeah, so that's a really good point that you bring up. Um, and you know, I'll say it again. So, just because someone says they're a nutritionist doesn't mean that they're unqualified. They very well might be, but you need to dig a little deeper just to find out, you know, where they got their education and if they're legit. Um, the whole insurance thing, though, creates another issue, right? Because registered mm-hmm. dietitians can charge in for insurance, or they can get reimbursed. I should say. But someone who doesn't have the credential, they don't have that capability. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys learned because I definitely learned something there. <laughs> and so, so you know, what type of person would you say should opt to go to a, a dietitian? You know, for a variety of different things. I mean, everyone eats, um, but that doesn't make everyone an expert, right? But a lot of times um, what I find a registered dietitian can help with most is helping you to weed through all the information that's online, that your friend told you, that you're really just not sure about what's right for you. So that's where RDs really use the science that they've, um, you know, stacked up and their work experience to figure out, you know, what actually works for individuals. Because you can read a bunch of different charts, you can look at different diets, but you might not know what exactly works for you. So it's good to meet with one just to get a customized plan for your specific needs. You know, I get, um, I do a lot of online writing and media work. And a lot of times I'll get questions from people emailing me with very specific questions about their diet. And I can't answer them because 
you know, if I'm going to work with someone, I want to know their whole everything. I want to know what's going on before I can make any kind of recommendations. I want to know your full medical history and, you know, how you sleep, you know, what your stress levels are. You know, there's so many things that we talk to you about and figure out a plan that would actually work for you, not like a cookie cutter thing that you get online. Gotcha. And so this is kind of getting into the weeds a bit, but when people like would they come to you to get like a food sensitivity test? Like, I feel like this is something that I've been seeing more frequently. It's something I'm just going to be in the last year. I've been hearing more people like, oh, I went and got food sensitivity testing and, you know, I'm I should avoid gluten and I shouldn't eat pineapple. So is that like coming to an official person like you? <laughs> Someone like me, but not me, um, because I don't. Yeah, okay. So I don't actually do that. Um, but I encourage you to find a dietitian who does. So there are tons okay. and you generally would want to look for someone who's certified in food sensitivities. You know, if you have gastrointestinal or stomach issues, you want to find a dietitian who has a background in gastro gastrointestinal issues. So we all have like these little areas of expertise. Mine is okay. more cardiovascular health or heart health, um, diabetes prevention, wellness, weight management. But there are people who really spend their entire careers just looking at how a person's um, gastrointestinal system works, you know? So you want to go to an actual expert. So if you are having problems with gluten insensitivity, or if you are having problems with a variety of different, it could be IBS or Crohn's or anything like Mm -hmm. that, you want to go to a dietitian who specializes in it. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Okay. And so we just mentioned like gluten-free and, and these other sensitivities is, I I feel like gluten-free has become like the new craze, like in the food and wellness space. It's like, Oh God, that has gluten. I can't eat it. So what, I know that's not your expertise per se, but why has gluten become like the food devil almost? (laughs) Well, one, it's not the devil. Um, (laughs) There's two different things. So there are people who have celiac disease and or a gluten allergy. And there, there is more of an awareness now for people who have these conditions. And so those people cannot have gluten because in the case of celiacs, when they have gluten, it actually ruins the lining of their intestines and they're not able to absorb a variety of nutrients which can long-term lead to major health problems. So for them, it's really important that they avoid gluten at all costs. And that means that even if, like, say you go to a pizza restaurant and they say, oh, we serve gluten-free pizza, they probably stay away from it because unless it's an actual gluten-free restaurant, they might get a little bit of gluten in their system and it could completely throw them off Mm. course. So those people are very specific. And they have an absolute need for to avoid gluten. There is a second, and I said there are two, but I'm going to say three. So there's a second <laughs> group who have a gluten intolerance where sometimes they eat gluten foods with gluten in it. And that's not just wheat. That's a variety of different foods. And they might have some sort of upset stomach or um you know, some distress, they might have bloating. And so they just don't tolerate it well, but they don't have a necess- necessarily have like an allergy or anything. Um, and then there's like a third group of people who just do gluten-free because it sounds like it's a good idea. <laughs> and there's really nothing documented to say that, hey, there is an issue here. Um, 
because even with the gluten intolerant group, the ones in the middle, this is getting probably way too deep, but um, <laughs> there are certain like like there's some ancient grains that have a little bit of gluten in them that a lot of those people can tolerate just fine. So okay, it's like it gets real deep. But if you're in that third category and you're just like avoiding gluten free uh, gluten just because it sounds like a good idea, I, I encourage you to maybe rethink that because sometimes I find that people will go to the gluten free aisle and they'll buy like all these gluten free things thinking that is going to help with weight loss. And there's really no, there's no strength in that. Um, and sometimes oh. those foods are, are not actually that healthy. Some can be gluten free junk food. So you have to be mindful of that and really look at what you're eating overall. And there's so many foods that are naturally gluten free, like, uh, you know, rice is naturally gluten free. Um, you know, I think fruit, you might shock people with that. I know. <laughs> Fruits and vegetables are naturally gluten free. You know, so there's, um, you have to be careful and not like buy into the marketing of it all. I think that's a good piece. And, and especially with, uh, what was it, the Netflix documentary, when you talk about the marketing of it mm -hmm. all? Uh, what was it, What the Health? Like, I feel like everyone went vegan because oh, this one documentary said everything was bad. And so now everyone's like, I'm going to eat air, I'm going to be <laughs> vegan, and just drink water. And you, you hit the nail on the head when you said eat air, because <laughs> let me tell you, people read, they, they watched it, they got so terrified, and then they were hungry. They're like, well... <laughs> tell you what to eat instead and um you know i if you if anyone visits my website i know you have already you'll notice that the majority of the foods that i post are all almost all plant-based i mm -hmm. um don't I, mean, I wouldn't call myself a vegan or vegetarian at all i have been in the past but i'm not anymore but um you know i think that a plant-based diet is really the way to go there's lots of research to support it but there's also research to, to support that having a balanced diet that includes fish on occasion is perfectly fine. So you just mm -hmm. have to really be mindful and know that there's, there's always a, a message of balance and look at the reasons why you make the decisions and just make sure that it's well-grounded. I love that. A message of balance. Mm -hmm. Like I just felt like people went so over the deep end oh off of this one documentary. It was amazing to me. Like I, I think I went to go make like an egg white omelet <laughs> and someone was like, Oh God, no, on the dot. They said it's five cigarettes. Ugh. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I still haven't watched it. Oh, no. I just have seen the sound bites that floated around on social media, but yeah. I refuse to because I, I'm just, no. <laughs> yeah. Cause there's a difference, right? There's the fear mongering and that I just cannot get behind. I, I just can't. Um, totally agree. And there's so many different diets, right? Because you can find something almost to support any and everything that you want, right? Mm -hmm. So the paleo diet is on the total other end of the spectrum when it comes to um, health, but people who follow paleo, they swear by it, right? So, you know, yes. you just, you do have to find the balance and what works for you and try not to get, and I don't want to be preachy here, but I just find so many people get caught up in labels and feeling mm. like they have to say, oh, I'm a vegan. And then they like, don't know what to eat. They know <laughs> like, oh, I'm vegan, but I really don't like vegetables. I'm like, okay, well, what are we going to do here? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. And so because you're, you're, you're saying this, like you just mentioned like a plant-based diet, which I've, I've seen a lot of people mention it. Mm -hmm. I can't say that I eat a plant-based diet at all. Mm -hmm. 
but I am curious about it because I was looking at your website and I've looked at some other resources and people make some really, I'll say different meals um, that are plant-based. So is it that 60% of the food I eat is plant-based or how do you get on a plant-based diet? Um, literally start, you know, one thing that I say is to think of if, if you really enjoy meat and you do want to make an effort to follow a more plant-based diet, try to switch your way of thinking to make meat a part, not the heart of the meal. Because often, mm. you know, people think, oh, well, I know I'm going to have chicken tonight. So what else can I go with it? Rice and maybe some green beans. But kind of flip that a little bit and think about, you know, what vegetables you might like. And then just let the chicken be a little teeny tiny part, not taking up half the plate. It should only take up maybe a quarter of the plate. You know, do little things like um, throw it into stew or just for flavoring, you know, um, using, if you like beef, cut it into small chunks and Put it on skewers so that your skewers are mostly vegetables, but with a few pieces of meat kind of sprinkled in there. And then start to experiment with other types of proteins. And that's where it can get to be um, fun, but it can also be a challenge <laughs> for people if that's not what they're used to, because it does involve a lot of beans. Um, you gotta, if you're gonna, <laughs> if you're gonna follow a plant-based diet, you're gonna eat a lot of beans, lentils, peas. You're going to eat plenty of nuts and seeds. You know, those are the kinds of things that will be your staples if you are to be a healthy plant-based um, uh, person, I guess. I don't know what I was trying yeah. to say there. <laughs> so is it because the beans, they give you protein or fiber? Both. Is that? Yeah. Okay. So the beans are a great source of protein and fiber. Um, something like edamame is a complete protein. So it actually has all of the amino acids that you need in order to build the muscle and build, you know, um, the different proteins of the body that, that we actually need. So you want to, you can't survive because you can be a vegan and eat French fries all day long, but that's not yeah. a healthy way it's to do healthy. it. Right? <laughs> so you have to think about that. And um, there are so many resources now, I think, available to make it easy to try out different things. And if it's overwhelming, I say, you know, try, start with just one meal a week. Um, there's a movement called Meatless Mondays. I'm sure most people have heard about it. You go to their website, they have a ton of different recipes. There are a ton of vegan and vegetarian bloggers who have amazing recipes that you can try at home. Um, but, you know, just start with one meal and see how you like it. Make some black bean burgers or some sort of a stir fry um, and, and see where it goes. Yeah, I I keep saying, and I'm going to do it because I hate keep saying things and not doing it, but I'm going to try the meatless Monday because I don't think I would, I know I'm never going to go vegan. I'm not going to say never, but the probability that I would ever go <laughs> vegan or vegetarian is very slim. Um, but I did go a period for a few years where I didn't eat any beef or pork. Mm -hmm. Um, and then slowly I, they came to kind of made their way back into my diet. But I went like six or seven years without wow. it. But it was just like, like now, even still, like I, I limit my intake of red meat. Mm -hmm. Like I do enjoy a good steak, um, but it's not like I'm eating hamburgers, you know, all week long. But I do maybe like once a month, I'll have some red meat. So, yeah. And I think that's important um, if you because a lot of people really do enjoy food and the thought of never, ever having their favorites again can be a little, you know, dismaying. So there's really no yeah. reason to necessarily give up your favorite foods, but for something like steak or 
even mac and cheese. Um, it's not something that you want to eat every day because that's when it becomes an issue. Yeah. And so as people, you know, go to the grocery stores and they're doing their food shopping or if they're using Instacart or something, <laughs> is it truly important for them to buy solely organic foods? Or is it like some foods they can skip and it's just better to get like organic meats and vegetables? So this is, I will say, a bit of a controversial topic. Um, I think that, so one, organic foods are expensive. And the the big issue um, is that, and this there's a report from CDC today actually confirming this again, three out of four adults don't get enough vegetables, period, whether they're mm. organic or conventionally grown. And as a, as a registered dietitian, that's actually my first focus because there's plenty of research to show that people who eat more fruits and vegetables, they overall have a lower risk for cancer and heart disease, you know, all those things. Um, but when it comes to the choice to go organic, if you can afford it, sure, go for organic um, fruits and vegetables and maybe prioritize the meats if you're going to do meat. Um, but yeah, there are some that are going to generally be a little bit lower in pesticides, like avocados tend to be lower, um, bananas. And there's, I'm sure you've heard of the list, the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen. Um, so you can oh, eat, no. Oh, sorry. So yeah, there is, there <laughs> is that list, um, the Clean 15 and Dirty Dozen. Those do exist, but they change every year. And that's really more about um, levels of pesticide residue on certain foods. So it only really identifies a few. But it does give you a general idea. But the overarching mes message is to really just focus on fruits and vegetables. And I don't honestly care if you do um, organic or not. I just want to see you eat them uh, because the majority of people don't. Majority of people don't eat their vegetables. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. And I'm definitely going to Google the Clean 15 and Dirty Dozen. I'll put links in the show notes. Mm -hmm. For you guys, when I find them, <laughs> so you guys can click and read it too if you did not know about those. Um, with the holidays are coming up, it's we're in full holiday season now, and I know this is the time of year everyone is tempted with sugar and good snacks and good food on Thanksgiving, and if you observe Christmas and Hanukkah, um, how what are like two tips you could give? the listeners to help them stay on their track and not to like overindulge this holiday season. <laughs> <laughs> it's always so hard. Chances are, well, first, and this is not going to be one of my tips, but first is just to accept the fact that you probably will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like realism. <laughs> I do. I can't help it. Um, and don't beat yourself up about it. But, you know, once you kind of get past that point, you know, you figure out where you want to be. If you have some goals that you set and you don't want the next six weeks to throw you completely off course, there are a few things that you could do. Um, really, one and probably my top tip is to focus on the foods you really enjoy. Because not everything mm -hmm. at the party or the potluck is good. <laughs> and just because it's there doesn't mean you have to eat it. You know, if you happen upon some some brownies or some sweet potato pie that just isn't right, <laughs> you don't have to keep eating it. Um, so really, really think, okay, is this really worth it? 
you know, is it like a store-bought cake or is this somebody's grandmother made this pound cake? And so I'm going to go for the real pound cake <laughs> versus the store-bought thing and make the calories really count. Um, so that's, I know it's probably not what you were expecting me to say, but I wasn't, <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> but you know, really focus on the foods that you really like, because if you're getting foods that you don't like, then it often leads you to want more and you kind of keep looking for that satisfaction. So really focus on that. Um, but in that same vein, keep the treats out of the house. So you, if you like to bake cookies or whatever it is, share them with others um, and don't bring stuff home from work because if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. But if you bring home a tin of cookies, this is true. It's, yeah, it's a done deal. Right. But if, this is yeah, true. but if you have to go out for it, you're probably not going to eat it. So if you can keep it out of the house as much as you can, spread the calories around outside the house, then that's going to definitely help. Um, the other thing is to just kind of remember that there's, there's, you'll get calories from a variety of places, including alcohol and sweet, mm. <laughs> sweet beverages. Eggnog runs about 400 to 500 calories each. You wow. know, so when we are at a party, a lot of times we forget about that. And if you're going to party after party, then that can certainly add up. Um, so one of my tips there is just to look at ways to kind of lighten it up. And if that means having a spritzer instead of a full glass of wine, although wine, I will say, is the lowest calories of all. It's 100, about 140 calories or so versus those mixed drinks. So you could just... So choose the wine. Yeah, <laughs> the wine, exactly. Um, be careful with the the peppermint mocha, blah, 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 latte when you're out shopping oh. <laughs> with all the whipped okay, cream. So- <laughs> Since you called it out, yes. I will do a boonie confession. Okay. <laughs> Starbucks is probably so bad for my wallet and also for me. Uh, <laughs> I am so, like, I don't, I get the same drink all the time. I don't even like the pumpkin spice lattes that everyone goes crazy for. I will admit during the holiday season, I'll probably do, I already had one. I'll probably do it one more time whenever I go shopping is the little caramel brulee latte. Mm. But my drink that I get throughout the year is a chai latte, mm-hmm. soy, no foam, yeah. extra hot. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I couldn't, can't even, I don't even want to know how much sugar is in it. Yeah, it's probably pretty high. Um, and I'm sure. Yeah, because the, a lot of times either they add a lot of the syrup and you can sometimes, depending on the beverage, you can ask them like sometimes they'll put four pumps of syrup and I've heard of people actually asking them to put more in there. Um, oh my God. Yeah. But you can ask them to do half of the syrup to, just to, to decrease the sweetener a little bit. Um, you know, ordering it without whipped cream, all those things, you can make those little modifications. You can do almond milk instead of whole milk and that's going to cut down on calories significantly. You know, those, those are little things, but you know, really, if you're only doing it once, maybe twice in six weeks, it's not my big concern, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, okay. But if you're doing that, and then on another day, you're doing something else, and then another day, you're doing something else, then you're doing yourself a disservice. So you just want to be mindful of that. Um, does that kind of help a little bit? It's just, it's no, it, does. It, it comes back to balance. I think that you should be able to enjoy these things because they're not around all the time. But you just want to kind of pick and choose how much of that you want to indulge in because you're you you don't want to overdo it 
when it comes January and you have some other goals that you're trying to make. So speaking of January, (laughs) (laughs) everyone is probably getting ready, or at least I hope so, and doing some forward thinking about what they want their 2018 to look like. Mm -hmm. And so I know everyone does, and I'm I'm guilty of it too. Um, I'm going to do this. I'm going to lose this many pounds. I'm going to work out this many times a day. And I was looking back at like some of my vision boards before we started this conversation. And I never really put anything on there about eating right. (laughs) (laughs) Like I always say, like, I'm going to lose this weight and I'm going to work out and I'm going to move. But it's never anything about my diet. Mm -hmm. And so I guess what would be one, like, I don't know, maybe one, but a few or some small, simple changes people can make to their diet to help jumpstart their fitness or wellness goals for 2018. Hmm. You know, to, to narrow it down to one, I think is difficult. And, um, I, with the, the people that I work with, I always encourage them to start small because the whole idea of just eating right is very vague, right? And um, yes. to set one to three intentions, one to, th- one to three things that you can commit to doing over the course of the first week of January, or you can start December 30th, whenever you want to start. And it could be something as simple as for lunch and dinner, I will have a cup of vegetables at both lunch and dinner. It can be something that simple and you stick to it. Um, You might write it down in a journal, sort of like an end of the day accomplishments or gratitude journal or something like that. just to sort of pat yourself on the back, like, hey, I did it today. You know, maybe you skipped it at lunch and you had to make up for it at dinner, but something that simple that you can commit to so that it's not so overwhelming. Um, And you, you continue to adjust each week so that you are every week building on those behaviors. And so at the end of the year, you'll have at least 52 new things that you've started to incorporate because you're going to continue to do each one of the ones you did before. I like it. Yeah. Um, because the whole process and idea of just, I'm going to get healthy, it's, it's often, it, it feels good in the beginning, but then we often lose sight of it. Um, So just kind of step back and take it one day at a time or one week at a time, whatever works for you, but with small intentional things that you'll do. I keep hearing, we keep saying balance Mm -hmm. and now I'm hearing discipline and consistency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I know for me, um, discipline is something not only with food, but in other areas that, I want to work on in 2018. So mm-hmm. that's one of my key pieces. Discipline. And with that, um, I mean, I, I am self-employed. And so I spend a lot of time, you know, I, I collaborate with others and I work outside the home sometimes, but I spend a lot of time by myself um, working. And I find that if I can have one person to hold me accountable to whatever it is that I want to do, it really helps because I generally, I don't know, if, I feel like a lot of women are this way, but, you know, I'm not going to disappoint someone else, right? If I know, mm. if someone else knows that, hey, she said she was going to do this, I'm going to probably be a little more likely to do it. So if you can find even one person who you can say, hey, this week I'm working on 
X, Y, and Z. You know, ask me about it at the end of the week or at the end of the month. You know, that might be one way that you can kind of put yourself out there and um, kind of make you hold yourself to to that. So that accountability can make a huge difference. And and dietitians can sometimes help with that, but it can really just be a friend. It could be a walking buddy. It could be a partner. It could be your mother or your, you know, or your sister. It could be anyone. Hmm. I like it. And so circling back to one thing we, we just said too, like, I know when people try to reset or, or jumpstart their, you know, Um, lifestyle change with their diets they often do like a detox Mm -hmm. and so are there any nutritional you know benefits to actually doing a detox well it honestly depends on what you're doing I often hear people say oh I'm doing a juice cleanse or and I'm like my question is always okay well what are you cleansing? Like what's being removed? And, and I'm not saying that to be funny. I just really want to understand, you know, um, but there's two, two ways of thinking of it. So there's that. And, but at the same time, I know that sometimes people will do like a three day fast or something like that, or a three day juice cleanse or something along those lines to um, help jumpstart or restart or reset sort of, you know, several days of not eating well. And sometimes that can work. Um, but you want to be mindful because I, I find that sometimes it involves spending a lot of money on a concoction. And <laughs> <laughs> my recommendation is, hey, you know what, if you want to sort of take a step back, cut out the things that maybe are a little bit heavier in the body and maybe just focus on fruits and vegetables for a few days. You can certainly juice them or make smoothies, whatever you'd like. But then get back to a normal way of eating because we know that you can't continue on a juice fast for in, indefinitely. Um, where I get more concerned is when someone goes on a cleanse for a few days and then they go back to eating burgers and fries. I'm like, okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> we didn't get anywhere. You know, the goal is lifelong health. And if you're going to just turn around and just eat the same way, you haven't learned anything. Your body's not going to necessarily benefit because you know, if you do that juice fast for three days, you know, my question is, okay, well, what about the other 362 days of the year? Mm. They're going to have a bigger impact than those three days. Yeah. I, I did, um, uh, I'm trying to, it's an Atlanta company, Arden's Garden. Yep. Is that what it is? Very common. They're like, yeah, they're like three day, um, deeds. Oh my God. I was so ups- like angry with everyone <laughs> because, <laughs> It wasn't even like, <laughs> like, you know, when you juice or do a smoothie, it has a little thickness, a little heaviness to it. But this was like just water, cayenne. I don't even know what was in it. Lemon juice. Yeah. It was just great. It was like all citrus and water. Yeah. And I literally was angry at everyone for those entire three days. I would be too. <laughs> I would be too. So, I mean, I have to be honest. I've I've done a juice fast before, but... I, I enjoy food and I'm just, I'm, I definitely get, I'm that girl who gets hangry when I'm hungry and you probably wouldn't <laughs> want to be around me for too long if I, if you took food away from me for that long. But um, no, I am yeah. completely with you on that. And I agree that you just have to, you have to find what works. If you want to do green smoothies in the morning, they're fantastic. You know, add some kale, mm-hmm. spinach, apples, pineapples, whatever you want to add in there. Make sure there's mostly vegetables. That's my one thing that I like to recommend to people. But 
um, it can be done. It just needs to be done responsibly and have a plan for when it's over. Um, okay. And that doesn't include burgers and fries. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and when you said like detoxing responsibly, like you see everyone on Instagram pushing this like flat tummy tea mm-hmm. and I, I, again, it's like, I just don't buy into this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I'm sure it might have some beneficial properties, but it's, it's, it's just water and, and herbs. Like, I, I guess I'm like, it, it, if it really worked, my doctor would have told me, uh, I just, okay. I, I just, <laughs> I just always am so skeptical of these things that, you know, are commercially pushed towards me to help with weight loss or whatever your goal is. But yeah, I, I just... am with you on that. Um, it's about sustainability, right? It's about finding something that actually works for the long haul. And you're absolutely right. If it was that magical, we wouldn't have an obesity epidemic because why wouldn't everyone just take it and be skinny? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like I would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Give it to me. But we know that that doesn't work. Um, and often they're very, not one in, one brand in particular, but it can be very expensive. And I say, you know, take that money and Go and buy some really great fruits and vegetables, blend them up if you want, um, create some amazing meals that you'll enjoy um, instead of spending money on what can sometimes be a gimmick. I mean, I'm, I don't want to say that there aren't products that work because there are some, but you do have to be careful because there aren't a, a lot of them are full of false promises. So you do have to be very careful with that. I literally, I, I think it was. Um on a cruise I went on maybe two years ago and um, I was so proud of myself because that was like one of the first vacations that I had actually like worked out mm-hmm. on. And so the fitness center on the cruise ship was like amazing and they had these free classes and we like went to one of them and then they kind of like put a little hook in you to sell you on this like, you know, body scan program and we'll show you how to lose weight. And so we go, it was free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they tried to like upsell you at the end mm-hmm. on this like $400 program. It was like for a 30 day supply oh. that was pretty much like trying to level out the the pH in your body to make you like less acidic. And <laughs> it was like I will give them credit, like the the way they presented it and the science that they showed, it all made sense. Like it made sense. You're like, yes, I'm gonna buy it. And then I was just so curious. Like I wonder how many people really paid that four hundred dollars. Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I'm just really curious. I, yeah, and and things like that sometimes bother me. I, I mean, I, I can't speak for that program because I haven't seen it, but. I don't like to see where people are um, preyed upon, you know, so, and that happens mm-hmm. sometimes. So you just have to really have some healthy skepticism whenever you're, especially if you're approached with programs or if you're seeing someone tout something on Instagram, just know that they're probably being paid for it. Um, and you want to really dig in and see if there's any good research behind it. And particularly if there's research that they didn't do. You know, so if, <laughs> if it's all research that they've done, 
hmm, we might want to take another look. Um, because they're probably not going to say anything negative about their own product. So you have to look for those red flags and um, be careful about where and how you spend your money. I like it. And so what is the one piece of encouragement that you tell your clients to help them start on their journey? In terms of... I guess if they're if they're coming to you as like a new client and they're all excited about starting on this new lifestyle and wellness journey, like what's the one like piece of encouragement or advice you give them as they start? Yeah, this might be a downer, but I, you know, I really, I, <laughs> you know, I, I, I really try to um, help them remember that it's it's about lifelong health and. So it's not a sprint. It's really, it really is a marathon. And, you know, so it's important to celebrate the successes that you make every single day and know Mm -hmm. that it's a journey. You know, even if a person needs to lose 100 pounds, it starts with the first one. If you have to run 26 miles, it starts with the first step, right? So yeah, yeah, it's just taking those little teeny tiny bites or steps to be able to make those changes and it and it requires some patience but that's sort of the vision that I like for them to to leave with um because I think we so often we expect everything to happen quickly um but it just doesn't when you're trying to be healthier it it generally just doesn't work that way for most people it takes a little time it takes time mm-hmm. So can you tell everyone listening where they can find you on the internet and communicate with you? Yeah, I would love for folks to say hi over on Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time. And it's um, very simple. My name, Marissa Moore, M-A-R-I-S-A Moore, M-O-O-R-E. And then everything else is pretty much the same. My website is marissamore.com. And then I'm also on Facebook, Marissa Moore Nutrition. So it's pretty easy to find me. All over the interwebs. All over. <laughs> so do you, and just for people, because I, I, you're based in Georgia, right? Yeah, I live in Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, so if people aren't in the Atlanta area, could they still work with you if they loved what they saw on your website? Do you do like virtual consulting? Um, you know, I'm thinking about starting that in the new year. Um, but one thing that you okay. can do, if I do decide to do that, if you sign up for my newsletter on my website, then you'll get the notification for that. Um, and that way, you know, we can stay connected that way. I haven't sent a newsletter in a little while. But I am going to restart it in the new year. So if you go ahead and join the list now, you'll also get my free gift that's going to come out at the end of the year. And so, yeah, so that should be um, a good place to start. And and if you find that, you know, hey, I think she might be able to help out, then definitely reach out. I'll be able to either help you or direct you to one of my colleagues who can. Um, I I think it's important that we kind of stay in our own lane and um, get people the help that they need, you know? So, you know, if you, if it's something that I can help you with, I'll help you. If not, I'll be happy to refer you to a trusted colleague. And that's the word right there, standing your lane. Yes. <laughs> yes. So many more people should take that advice, mm-hmm. but I want to thank you, Marissa, for coming on the Booney Breakdown. This was so awesome, and I enjoyed our conversation. I did, too. Thanks so much for the invitation. I hope that, um, hope that people get something out of it. 
Yeah. So again, uh, you can see Marissa on the internet, <laughs> uh, on Instagram, and her website is marissamore.com. All the links will be in the show notes. So thanks again, Marissa. You're welcome. Have a good one. Bye. All right, guys, that's it for episode 38. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Marissa. So again, I want to thank Marissa for coming on and sharing her knowledge as we all move into the holiday season and we try try our best to get back on track for 2018. I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, all the links that we mentioned are in the show notes. I did include a link for the, the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15, which I learned about, which was new. All the links to Marissa on social media and her website are in the links. So that's it for me. Until next time. Oh.